Well, it's good to be here. I am, I'm very impressed, you know. I love the, the display of the whole praise team here on the platform. Um, uh, everything is neat and clean and perfect, and everybody stands in a specific position. The gu guitars is neatly positioned, and uh, my, I don't miss things like that. I'm a pain in the neck myself. Um, I like excellence, and uh, first thing I noticed, this is the best this platform has ever looked. Sorry, Pastor Mark. Uh, uh, I really, um, I mean, your son is really doing a great job with the platform. You were not that good with platforms, but... Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, this man is really taking it to another level here. And uh, <coughs> so that is recorded, so you can play it, use it as a prophecy if you want to. Uh, I'm not sure if I don't think that's a prophecy. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed. I uh, text Pastor Jordan this afternoon. I said to him, there's a strong prophetic edge on this place. And I think that comes from Pastor Mark as well, originally. But it's really going to another level. Um, you know, when somebody comes to you and give you a word, you can immediately tell whether this is a one-time uh, inspirational thing or whether this comes from a mantle. Now, I don't say that you are, if you prophesy, it doesn't make you a prophet. So be careful. Don't go to the pavements and prophesy to everybody. Um, but there's a prophetic mantle upon this house. And even Jordan um, I heard him say a few things today, and every time he says it, I realize, okay, uh, this young man is not just speaking. He's, he's, there's, some, there's, some, there's some oomph behind those words. There's some substance there. So you belong to a great church. You belong to wonderful people. Church, I am not going to try and turn your arm and break your arm. We thank you for giving into our ministry. Thank you for helping us. Um, this ministry cannot uh, go ahead. If, if we need to uh, run ministry just based on offerings, we will not make it. God must uh, raise up people that will give into this ministry. You know, a normal traveling ministry goes from one church to another, um, and uh, that's all they do. We are involved with missions. We are involved in Africa. We've done a lot of church planning in, in, in Africa. In fact, I did not even mention it to you. I have a live clip that I got yesterday from Africa. I haven't even opened it up myself. I know what it's all about. It's about another church that they want us to help them plant. We call it the Snap Church. It's a new addition. Um, cost about $26,000. It's a church that we want to help uh, Fricky Spies, a friend of mine, he's a great man of God, to put this church up in Lesotho. Lesotho is a little small country in the middle of South Africa. That's where Reinhard Bonnke actually started his ministry. Um, so that is just another aspect of the ministry. You know about the upper room. You know my heart about the upper room. The Two years ago, the upper room with all the camera work and all the things that go into that cost us $127,000. Um, we've paid uh, many, many leaders that cannot afford it to come into America. Uh, how many of you know that a traveling ministry cannot do that? Uh, it must be the people. So thank you. Um, if it's not for the people of America, we will not be in ministry. We live by faith. We never come to a church with a, a mindset of we need so much. Never, ever in my life have I ever said to a pastor, I need so much per sermon or per meeting. 
uh, we just trust God. And um, I'm also part of a network of pastors where I am one of the overseers now uh, to oversee pastors. And we now plan to bring other pastors into this network from overseas uh, that is asking us. We even have Assemblies of God and Church of God pastors asking us in America whether they can at least just affiliate with us. We don't want, it's not about credentials. Yes, we can give credentials, but we, they want to affiliate with us because they feel like we are of the same tribe. So there's a lot of things going on, and your help is greatly, greatly appreciated. So thank you for giving, Pastor. I think you need to take it back and receive the offering. Give your pastor a good hand, will you? If you could, um, before we receive the offering, can you just stretch your hands towards Andre? And um, we're just believing for great things. There's a lot that God has put on his heart. And to have all the nations come together and to pray and to see God together, that's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. It's a rare thing. So, so Father, we just bless our friend. God, we thank you for the move of your spirit on his heart. I thank you that like we've prayed prayed earlier, that you have written something powerful upon his heart, God, that he feels the weight of that on his chest. Lord, we know it's your burden, and we know it's your calling. And Father, I thank you that your spirit, your spirit moves on the hearts of your people, each to give exactly what you call us to give. Father, for some it's $10, and for some it's $1,000 or more. God, each person, like a good steward, Lord, hears your voice and is led by your spirit. And in that, God, their entire uh, bills, all of that they, all that they want to do will be paid for in Jesus' name. And everybody would agree with that? Say amen. 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 Thank you so much. And is there anybody here that just quickly would love to testify about what the Lord has done for you last night or yesterday morning? I don't want to hear a testimony about five years ago. Uh, I want to hear what the Lord has done to someone yesterday morning or last night. Now, I prophesy to a lot of people. Come here, ma'am, and you must keep it short. And this is not an opportunity to preach your sermon, okay? It must be your testimony, okay? I have a gift to be very humorous and tell people the truth very straight. Amen? Did you see that? <laughs> Um, I just want to thank the Lord because um, Sunday morning when I came, um, Saturday night, I have no idea, but I went through literally terrors in the night. I was tormented. My thoughts, I was tormented and tormented and tormented for hours. And on Sunday morning when we came in, he said, he made the comment about being tormented. And um, I was set free. And you told me to go in peace. And even if those around me wanted war, to remain in peace because it will, peace will reign. And um, I thank God that I have been in peace ever since Sunday morning. Uh, December, January this year, I will be in South Africa for two months. I'm flying on December the 3rd. It's a Friday. I come back on January the 30th. Delta changed my tickets again yesterday. That's what airlines lately do. Um, I will be in Africa for two months. I haven't been there for two years because of COVID. I must go. Pray that we will be able to fly, but everything is done. We bought the tickets. 
I'm not going to tell you what we're going to do there. There's many churches that I'm related to. We want to ask you, would you partner with us for two months? Only two months. Not two years, two months. Real quick. I don't want to do this quickly. You need to fill in your information, write in English, not Greek and Hebrew. If you put in a little amount there that you want to give, it must be the amount that you will give per month. Uh, basically, for eight or nine weeks, I forgot the number, we will be without an income completely. Um, I cannot go for four weeks. I cannot go for two weeks. It's too expensive. We're going to go for two months. Uh, would you fill in the amount that you can pledge for two months? You will get a welcome letter in the next week, and then you won't hear from me. December, January, you will get a brochure from me with a four-page brochure. Naomi writes into that brochure. Everybody wants the brochure because of what she has to say, not what I have to say. So um, they tell me in my face, we don't read your stuff. We read what she wrote. Well, I'm married to her, so whatever. If you love her more, it's fine. You will get a four-page brochure, and you will get a letter, a personal letter from me included in the same envelope where I'm just saying thank you, you're a two-month partner. You will get your tax credit by the end of January, and um, you will, after January, you will not hear from us again. If you receive a letter from us next year, February, we asking you for money, go to pastor, tell him I broke my own law, and he will call me, and he will discipline me, and I will give the back the money. If you fill in the card tonight, you feel like you've made a mistake, end of the service, come to me. We'll tear up your cart. I'll give you a sloppy kiss. I love you. Um, here is the bottom line. I'm not here to get your money. I'm just asking you help us for two months when we are in Africa. Uh, I'm serious, church. I would rather, rather leave without a dime and I'm your friend than leaving with one cent of you in the ministry, in GNN's bookkeeping, and I'm not your friend. I don't, I'm not here for that. But without that, we cannot operate. How many of you have blood in your body? <laughs> you cannot function without blood. Life is in the blood. We cannot function without finances. Please, quickly, fill it in. And the moment you're done, raise your hand. We'll pick it up. Tear off that little piece on the side. That woman has already done. That's typical a lady. Quick, fast. There's a little piece on the end, ma'am. You need to tear it off. It's yours. It's a very valuable piece of paper. Um, you can sell it and get $1,000 for it. I don't I think so. No. Quickly, uh, the moment you're done, raise your hand. There's another hand. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you for helping us out of your social security check that you probably get every month. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Please help Pastor Mark. There's a ticket there, brother. Pick it up. Thank you, sir. Uh, the moment you're done, please let us pick it up. If you want to fill in an amount that we do not have there, you want to fill in a bigger amount, we will not be offended. Uh, just write in. Remember... It's per month. That helps us to determine what is coming in per month. My wife doesn't like me doing this. There's something in me that doesn't want to do this. I wish I never need to do these things. The day when I retire finally, I will thank God. The first thing I will thank for, thank you, Lord. I never need to ask people to help us. It feels like a beggar. I'm not a beggar. I'm just a man of God. I'm called by God. Cannot do it without people. Thank you so much. May the Lord bless you.
quickly. Raise your hands because I need to get into the sermon here. Thank you, sir. If you are done, will you just stand up so that these, uh, these guys that helped me, they are slow, uh, so that they can just see that you, you are done. Uh, and then I want to get it over and done as quick as possible. Are you guys okay? This block on my right-hand side, are you all done? You still writing? Okay, you're done. Stand up, ma'am. Please just stand up for a moment. You, it's good exercise. Stand up so that they can see. Is anybody in this block? Uh, are you all done here in this block? Is everybody done? Okay. Now there's a gentleman asking for a card. Oh, no. Okay. Is any, everybody done here? Brother, just stand up. Stand up. Stand up, brother. Okay, it's too late. Here's a card here. Somebody's standing here, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody's standing here. Can you quickly run here? Sorry, ma'am. Uh, I'm, I'm worse than Pastor Jordan. I, I want things done quickly. Okay. Anybody in this block? Anybody? Everybody done? Everybody? Okay. Are you done? Okay. Why did you do that? Are you done? You gave in your cards? Okay. Thank you. Is everybody, is anybody still busy writing a card? You're still busy, brother. Thousand is T-H-O-U-S-A-N-D. That's how you spell it. It's one triple zero point zero zero. Thank you. <laughs> it's always the bigger numbers that take so long. That's just prophetic. It's that your anointing is on me now. Amen. Uh, brother, just watch him for me and get the card. And thank you, sir. There he is. He's right on his feet. That's how I like it. Amen. Okay, is everybody done now? Please, promise me everybody's done. Give the Lord a good hand for yourself. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. It was a great day yesterday in the presence of the Lord. I really feel the Lord has set many people free, especially yesterday morning with that daughter thing. And then last night, I think we all saw ourselves the characterist and the flaws like Peter. And I think we all got the picture of the future. And we all understand the concept that God wants to get a grip on us. My ministry is not evangelistic. I started as an evangelist. My ministry is to the body of Christ. Wherever I go, I empower the pews. I strengthen the pulpit. I love to make the church stronger. That's my ministry. I know it. I operate from an apostolic prophetic office. That's the office I operate from. When I was younger, I was evangelist slash pastor. Uh, and I'm here tonight to, 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 to just make you strong. Because if God can make you strong, God can make the region strong. I really feel that, and I don't know the churches here. I came to church tonight. We missed that turnoff on the 11. Can you believe it? We missed the only turnoff. Guess what? We, we went for a drive to the next exit, and I toured through the cornfields. And finally, I know what your whole region looked like. <laughs> but you know what? When I came in here tonight, I said, Lord, you have placed this church here to take authority over this whole region. How many of you believe that? I believe it. I saw a campus church today with, when, when I was with Pastor Jordan. 
And uh, uh, I'm telling you, it looks really impressive. The way you've done it there, very impressive. Question, how will I know who you are? How will I understand who you are? You don't need to tell me. All I will do is I will follow your footprint. Your footprint will reveal to me who you are. If you can check my footprint, you will tell me who I am. I want to talk to you tonight about Mary Magdalene, a woman in the Bible we've heard a few things about. She's not a preacher. She never wrote a book. She's not one of the disciples. She's just a woman. You remember yesterday morning we spoke about a woman who was just a statistic. Here we have another woman. And I'm drawn to this chapter so often. I'm drawn to Jesus and I'm drawn to things that happen around Jesus in the Bible. People that were around him and how they reacted. Peter was one of them. Tonight it's Mary Magdalene. I haven't been in ministry for 40 years and never preached on Mary Magdalene. The last few months, Mary Magdalene caught my eye. It's not a sermon. I'm not going to tell you how good she is. I just want to watch her. Because what she does impress, impresses me. First thing I want to say with Mary Magdalene, and you can turn with me to John chapter 20. Mary Magdalene was a woman who had seven demons. Wow. You say, well, Pastor Andre, last night you spoke about Peter and his character. And he looked pretty bad the way you started with Peter. Well, he ended pretty strong with what he became in the book of Acts. This woman, seven demons. Seven speaks of perfection. She was perfectly demonized. Everything in her were demonic. Her mind, her spirit, everything was demonic. Totally demonized. Completely demonic. Seven demons. But she's been set free by Jesus. Come on. And because of that, I'm drawn towards her because I want to see I find her here in John chapter 20, and I, I thought, man, I want to I see who this Jesus is. Now, you will find Peter here. You will find John here. You will find some of the other disciples here. But my eye, my eye go towards Mary. Now, let me quickly have a look and, and, and say, say one or two other things about her. Mary was the one person that you found at the tomb first. But you will also find her footprint at the cross. And because of her intense relationship with Jesus, I think she left last. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Now I'm going to skip a lot of verses and I'm going to try and make it br as brief as possible. Verse 1, now on, 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 on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb when it was still dark. Everybody say dark. Here we have a woman, at the tomb, it's dark. It's not a T.D. Jakes tour. 
It's not a John Hagee Israel tour. There's not a tour bus involved. She was the first person at the tomb. It was still dark. Bible says, and uh, she found that the tomb or that the stone has been rolled away. Then she ran, verse 2, she ran. Everybody say ran. She doesn't walk. She doesn't stroll. She ran. I think we need to get the run back in the church. I can preach on the word run. Why don't you run anymore? Passion will make you run when other peoples will stroll. It all depends on how deeply you have been saved. Seven demons. I don't think one of us know what it feels like when seven demons torment your body. I've seen some demonized people in Africa, and I've seen when demons come out. We don't see it in America. I think we need to have more Jesus in our meetings, and we will probably see some things start to manifest that feels pretty safe in our meetings. Come on. She ran, and she came to Simon Peter. There's Simon Peter again. And the other disciple, that was John, the one that Jesus loved. And, uh, and she said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. She's concerned. Jesus is gone. Where is the body? Remember, three days ago, they were all at the cross. Brutal, bloody, messy, humiliating, filthy, dirty, accusations. Crown, thorn, spear in the side. She was there. Why is she at the crucifixion and at the resurrection, at the tomb? When you are delivered from seven demons, you cannot let the man go that set you free. How passionate are we about Jesus? Church, be careful that singing songs doesn't become normal. Be careful that your worship doesn't become normal. We need to bring the run back, not only in our preaching. We need to bring the run back even in our worship. We need to bring the run back in everything we do. Come on. Thank you for your excitement. Anyway, Peter therefore went out and the other disciple, and they were going to the tomb, and they both ran. At least Peter and John is now running. Come on. Why? It's not a T.D. Jakes tour. These are the three pioneers that found the tomb first, that went to the tomb first. These are the first three people that discovered Jesus is out of the tomb. Think yourself in what a moment that must have been. May the Holy Ghost and only the Holy Ghost can revive that scene so that we will become as passionate as they were on that day. So the Bible says they ran and they both ran and the other disciple outran Peter. So now we know that old Peter was not a good athlete. Now verse 5, 6, 7, and 8 is just a phenomenal four verses. 5, 6, 7, and 8 is actually a book by itself. I don't want to go into that. Because in that four verses, you find the word saw three times. Bible says John arrived at the tomb and he looked into the tomb and he saw the linen cloth, but he did not go in. 
Then the Bible says, Peter arrived at the tomb. He went into the tomb and he saw, and he gives us a more detailed description of what the inside of the tomb looked like, and the headcloth separated from the rest of the clothing. Then, uh, uh, because Peter went in first, uh, now John is still outside the tomb, and the other Bible says, and John went into the tomb, and he saw, John saw for the second time, remember? John first at the tomb, saw, did not go in. Peter arrived second at the tomb, go in, saw. John went in the second time, saw, and the, the second time John saw, he saw more. Watch this. The first saw that John saw means observe. The second saw that Peter saw means perceive. John came in the second time, and John saw for the second time. That means discern. Observe, perceive, discern. Can you see the revelation? What happened? John got a greater revelation than Peter, but Peter was the reason why John got the revelation. Because Peter went in. Be that person that will draw other people into a greater revelation even when they get the greater revelation. Be the reason. Just want to give that to you. So here we have all this activity, verse 9. For yet they did not know the scripture that he must be again risen from the dead. Verse 10. Verse 10 is very key. I want to zero in on verse 10 and 11 just for a moment. Verse 10. Then, then, when, then. Seen it, done it, it's fine. Then the disciples. All the disciples, what did they do? Went again to their own homes. They went home. But the Bible says, but Mary. Can you feel the emphasis of the Holy Spirit on the two words, but Mary? Everybody went home, but Mary. Mary did not go home. May God help us. That's prophetic. We're living in a day where Christians is going home. When the disciples went home, it doesn't mean they're going to hell. They're just going home. I've met many people these days, they love the Lord, but they have gone home. But Mary, Mary did not go home. Mary could not convince herself to go home. Mary don't want to go home. Mary is not satisfied. Mary know what it feels like to have seven demons and she's not happy with an empty tomb, and she cannot explain what happened. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. May God help all of us that we will not go home when everybody go home. Mary weeping, and she wept, and she stooped down, and she looked into the tomb. It's almost like, Peter, you go. John, you go. Mark, Luke, you all can go. I'm not going to go. The toughest thing is to just walk away from something that is so powerful and so divine. 
Bible says she looked down and she saw two angels in white, one at the head and one at the feet of Jesus where they have laid him. So now she saw two angels, one by the head and one by the feet. In the Old Testament, God will always send two testimonies to confirm a case. When they crucified Jesus, they gave him two murderers. It's almost like the crucifixion is not ugly enough. The humiliation was not ugly enough. They said, let's hang two bad people on his left and one on his right and make him look even worse. And let us use two murderers. Let them be the testimony of this Jesus Christ, this, the, 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 the king of the Jews. And you know what happened? Jesus spoke to the one on the right-hand side, and he, and he spoke. He asked for grace, and Jesus said, Today you will be in paradise with me. doesn't matter how ugly you want to make the crucifixion, Jesus will turn it into a salvation moment. <laughs> but here we have two angels. It's almost like God the Father is saying, I will send testimonies. That will seal the resurrection. So that's why they, Jesus had, God had to wait 40 days after the resurrection so that they will see Jesus appear several times. You remember the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples? We spoke about it last night in John chapter 21. And the reason, the reason uh, that... Um, that God took 40 days before the ascension is to make sure that the world will see his son is resurrected. Because even in this day, there's certain people that's trying to say, oh, he was not resurrected, the body was stolen. So she saw the two angels and the angel said to her, why are you weeping? You must understand angels don't understand tears. Angels don't weep. Angels has never been lost. Angels does not understand the taste of salvation. But you and I, we have tears and we understand salvation. And they ask her, why are you weeping? And watch what she said. She said, this is, I'm just watching Mary Magdalene. I just want to watch this woman who had seven demons. I, I watch every word that she says, every move she makes. And she said to them, because they have taken away my Lord. They have taken away my Lord. They have taken away my Lord. It's my Lord. It's, 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 sir, you ask me, why am I weeping? Sir, you don't understand. You're an angel? Uh, you don't understand. You don't, you don't, you don't even know what it feels like to have one demon. Sir, I had seven demons. They have taken away my Lord, my master, my savior, my hero, my healer, my deliverer. He's my, oh, sir, he's not the Lord. Yes, he is the Lord. Oh, yes, he could be a Lord. But, sir, after what he has done for me, he is my Lord. How many of you feel the same about him? Can you see what Mary is? She's different. Can you see the deeper your salvation, the different, the, 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 the more strange and the more personal, personal is the word, the more personal your language will become. My Lord, they have taken away. And, 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 and I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, give me the heart of Mary Magdalene. I grew up in Pentecost. I've never been demon possessed. But I want her passion. 
I don't want the passion of somebody that grew up in the church. I want the passion of somebody that tasted hell on earth so that I will understand, understand who this Jesus is. She said, they have taken away my Lord. And I don't know where they have laid him. Can you see what happened here? Here we have a woman that feels a responsibility to know where he is. Do we still have that responsibility upon our shoulders? Are we still Christians that feel like, come on, church. When you look at the cross, it's passion. When you look at the crucifixion, it's passion. People say, well, don't be passionate. Don't be so passionate. Just calm down. Don't be so passionate. The crucifixion was all about passion. The resurrection was all about passion. Come on. Don't tell me I cannot be passionate. My goodness. If you want to preach the gospel and you want to take passion out of the gospel, it's not the gospel. And when, when she had said that she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there and she did not know that it was Jesus. Remember, she's sad. Sometimes sadness and depression will blindfold you for the truth. Be careful. Depression will make you see things that doesn't exist. Depression will make you believe things that's not the truth. Be careful. Many things, and I'm not going to tell you what can make you depressed, but sometimes we grow, go through a crisis or a difficult season, and all of a sudden we think we see something spiritual. It's not, it's not what you think it is. It's because you've allowed your spirit to go down. Be careful. Now, when she had said this, she turned around, she saw Jesus standing there, and she did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Now Jesus is talking to her. And Jesus asked the same question that what the angels ask. The only difference is Jesus understand tears. Because when Lazarus died, the Bible says Jesus wept. I'm bringing to you tonight a Jesus that understand your emotions. Not an angel. I'm bringing you Jesus that understand your emotions. When she had said this, she turned around, saw him, did not know it, that it was him. And Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom, whom, whom are you seeking? Not what are you seeking. A person is not a what. This is a what. This is a what. Jesus said, whom. He knew what she's after. He knew she's seeking him. When Jesus said to her, whom are you seeking? I think Jesus had another question. It doesn't show that he had another question, but I think he had another question. I think the one question that Jesus had, where is Peter? Uh, uh, where is John? Where is Mark? Luke? Where are they? No, Lord. 
they went home. Yeah, but Mark is going to write a gospel, and Luke is going to write a gospel, and John is going to write a gospel, and Peter is going to write, First Peter and Second Peter, they're going to write gospels, and they're going to write chapters in the New Testament. Where are they? I thought they will be here. No, the one that will never write a chapter in the Bible, but who had seven demons. She's the one Jesus found. That tells me a different story. Come on. It's not what you're going to write. I think Jesus, when he saw her, he said to himself, I'm not surprised John left. I'm not surprised Peter is not here because he did fell asleep, by the way. But I'm not surprised Mary is the one waiting on me. Now watch this. Remember, <laughs> she's going to talk to him and whom are you seeking? She supposed him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if, sir, sir. Isn't it amazing when you are depressed, when you are blind and when you are sorrowful, you even call things names that you should never call that she called him sir. Oh, may the, God, may the church that, that is depressed change their language and not call him sir. She called him sir. She's British now. You missed it. That was humor. <laughs> My old friend here on the front, you said, I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the only one that got it, so you and me, amen. Hallelujah. We are very deep in the Lord, Amen. Sir, if you have, now watch this, watch this. This is powerful. Watch what she said. Watch what she said to Jesus. The words she's now going to give Jesus must have gripped him. She said to him, sir, if you, remember the word sir revealed to Jesus, she doesn't know who I am. And sometimes it's good for God to know what will you say when you don't know whom you're talking to. What will you say when you don't know the Lord is watching you? She said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him. And I, 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 not John, not Peter, not Mark, not Luke, I, I will take him away. I will carry him. Sir, 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 I don't know who you are, sir. Sir, I've got no clue who I'm talking to, but sir, sir, do you know who I am, sir? Sir, I'm a piece of rubbish. I'm, sir, I was demonic. Sir, I had seven demons. Sir, 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 if you know what he has done for me, you will understand that although I'm a woman, I will carry his body. Sir, give me the weight. I will carry it. Come on, church. What will you carry? That's a word that we need to preach. What weight? There's a weight on me. There's a weight on Jordan. There's a weight. The weight should come back to the pulpit. What weight is the pulpit? Is the man of God and the woman of God, what weight is the pulpit of, uh, willing to carry? Or are we pushing the weight away and just say, well, make it easy? She said, 
give it away. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Jesus looked at her. Jesus must have been impressed. Jesus looked at her and said, I cannot believe what I've heard. She wants to carry my body. Again, I wonder where is Peter? I wonder where is John, the one I love so much. But I found the piece of dirt who had seven demons. I found her to be willing to carry my body. May God find me faithful that I will carry what I need to carry when I need to carry it because I don't know what else to do but to carry and to take responsibility even if it does. Uh, it does it, I mean, it doesn't make sense. How can you carry? You can only carry a dead body. You cannot carry the resurrection and the life. He will carry you. But although your blindness made you say that, you actually revealed your heart to Jesus. And Jesus must have said, I'm impressed with Mary. Come on, church. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Last at the cross, first at the tomb. Jesus said to her, Mary, now he calls her name, Mary. And immediately she said, Rabboni, which is to mean, which means teacher. Amazing. Amazing. I've said it yesterday. I want to repeat it right here. It fits right in there. The devil knows my name, but he calls me by my sin. Jesus knows all the demons she had, but he calls her by her name. Aren't you glad God does not identify you by how bad you have been? But he calls you by your name. Jesus said, Mary. There's only one person that could say that name the way he said it. And the moment Jesus said, Mary, she knew it's not the sir. It is Jesus Christ, the man who has delivered me from seven demons. I'm impressed with Mary. I'm not impressed with what she wrote because she doesn't wrote anything. I'm impressed with her footprint. When you go to Africa and you go on a safari, they will tell you, oh, the footprint of this lion, this is a lion footprint, it's, it's about two days old. And then you find another footprint of an elephant and they will say, no, this is about three days old, it's... And then you come across another footprint and they will say, hey, this is a leopard. This is probably this morning. And then you get the news and you come across a footprint and the people that know the Africans, they will say, these footprints is very, very fresh. We are very close to lions. And then you come a little bit closer and you don't find footprints because you find the lion. May our footprint lead people to the lion out of the tribe of Judah. May our footprint, come on. Where is my footprint? My footprint. I cannot boast. I boast by grace. 
My footprint is all over the church world in America. My footprint is in churches. My footprint is in Africa. Am I good? Am I powerful? No, no, no. It's just by grace that my footprint will reveal what I've dedicated my life to. How about you? I want to ask you, Rock of Grace. I heard today what Pastor said, Pastor Jordan, about campus churches. And I said to myself, that's footprints. Make sure you are not a church that have a lot of activities, but your footprint is never seen. Make sure that you do not only have activities, but your footprint is all over the region. Come on. Because your footprint will tell the world outside here what you really believe in. At the cross, many footprints, soldiers, disciples. But then there's a footprint that was there for a long time, fresh. And you can see there was a lot of activity because I think she was intense. I think she was passionate. I think she... I don't know, she, she must have gone through a lot of emotions. And when you come to the cross at a certain point, I'm just imagining, you will find, oh, what is this? Oh, wh wh what is this? It's the same footprint. Or, oh, this is very fresh. Oh, sir, that is the footprint of a woman. Oh, I think, oh, oh, yeah, that's the same footprint we found at the tomb. Last at the cross first. Who is this? Sir, we just found out who it is. It's a woman. Her name is Mary Magdalene. Sir, you probably asked the question, sir, why is the footprints over there at the cross in here? Uh, sir, let me help you, sir. She had seven demons. She was a terrible sight. She was a piece of junk. She was tormented. But Jesus set her free completely. It's no wonder she didn't go home. Please don't go home. Many times I go to churches and I say, there's somebody that I miss. Oh, he's not in our church anymore. They just don't go to church anymore. They just went home. Promise me you will not go home. Promise you, me, sir, you will never go home on that bass guitar. Promise me that if I ever come back here, I will find your footprint on the bass guitar. Come on. Are you talking to me or am I talking to you? This lady sitting here, pastor's daughter, I hope I find you again. I hope I find your footprint right there. This guy with the one eye. I don't know what happened with your eye, but you really impacted me, sir. Because two years, three years ago when I was here, I found you right here behind this microphone. And the first thing when I walk in, I said, there is the guy with the eye. He's still making marks. Last at the cross. 
Oh, let's crucify. Uh, let's, let's prophesy, not crucify. Let's prophesy. And he lifts his arms, and I see some of the, what do you call it, these marks on his arms, these tattoos. I said, that's the guy, Lord. I remember him. Oh, that inspired me to find him behind the microphone. And, and then when he starts to sing, I say, oh, ha, 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 ha. same passion. Did not lose his passion. Where is that guy? There he is. Same passion. Come on. I hope after two years not being here or whatever, I don't know when last I've been here, I hope that I still have the same passion than what I had two years ago. I know I'm loud, I'm Pentecost. Jesus, when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, the Bible says, and Jesus shout with a loud voice. That means Jesus was the semblance of God. He was Pentecost. <laughs> Come on. Don't lose your passion. Okay, I need to end. I know I'm over my time again. I always do. Jesus said, or do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Now watch what Jesus said. He said, but go to my brethren. My, my, my. She said, he is my Lord. Jesus said, go to my brethren. Come on, church. Jesus is intense. Jesus is personal. Jesus called you his own my. Go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, same breath, my father and your father is a family thing. My God and your God, come on. The first thing I notice about Jesus is, Jesus could have said, Mary, go to those snorers. And go to Peter who has let me down. And go to those deniers. And go to those backstabbers. No. None of that. Go to my brethren. Aren't you glad? Again, he doesn't call you by, by your past. He called you by who you are now in Christ. Go to my brethren. Then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came in and stood in the midst of them, and he said to them, Peace. There he is again. Peace be with you. Remember yesterday when he sent the woman back, issue of blood? Go in peace. Here he is. First thing he said, peace be with you. What am I saying to you tonight? When you go home tonight, check your footprint. Come on. It's not always what you say to your children. It's the footprint you leave for your children. If your children doesn't listen to what you say, leave them. Your footprint will ultimately lead them to the Lord. They may argue with you. And come on, there comes a time that your children becomes very good with arguing. When they go into the teenage years, you know, they have their own ideas. But don't worry. 
I have one daughter. She's 39. She's got a strong will. She's like her mother. No. I think she's like me. Many times when I argue with her, I see myself. But you know what? She can win the argument, but she cannot argue with my footprint. And it's not that she does that. I'm just using her as an example. I don't want to use your child as an example because maybe you're going to hunt me down at the door. So I will not. Everybody say, Lord, help me to never lose my passion. If you say tonight, Pastor Andre, I want to make a commitment unto God, and I want to say, Lord, help me that I will never go home. I've met many people. They've gone home, literally, on Jesus. That struck me, those words. And the disciples went home, but Mary. And the praise and worship team changed, but the men were the one eye. Come on. Sorry, brother, I'm using that. There's churches where I go to for 20 years, and there's still people in those churches that when I go, I say, I remember that face. remember that face. Oh, oh, I, oh, oh, I remember her. I don't know, I remember her name. Ah, she's one of those. She's too passionate to go home. How many of you say tonight, Lord, may my footprint convince people of who I am? Come on. How many of you say tonight, I want to be a Mary Magdalene? I don't, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a preacher. I don't do sermons. I don't write the Gospels. But the two places, remember this. There's two places. There's two, two, two places, two very important truths. The crucifixion, the resurrection. If we take that out of the Gospel, we have no Gospel. And Mary is saying, let my footprint be a voice that will say to this generation, never step away from the crucifixion and the resurrection. Because, I'll, come on, Muhammad was never crucified. Muhammad was never resurrected. Buddha was never crucified. And Buddha was never resurrected. Not one of them had the blood to shed, and all the other gods was included. That's why, church, let's never walk away from the crucifixion and the resurrection. And may, may, may God help me that until the day when I preach my last sermon, you will hear the crucifixion and the resurrection. That's what the apostles preached. They preached the crucifixion and the resurrection all the time. That was the gospel. Oh, there's churches today in America that say, well, we don't want to talk about the blood. It's too messy. It could offend people when they come into the building. 
And we don't want to talk about the crucifixion too much because it will set people off and we don't want to lose people. Oh, my shame. Are you a golf club or are you a club? Are you ashamed of the blood that has cleansed you? It's no wonder your demons feel so safe in your church. Ah, but the one who had seven demons say, give me the blood. Give me the crucifixion. Give me the resurrection. He's the man that delivered me from hell. My name is Mary, and he is my Lord. If you say tonight, make me a Mary Magdalene. Just stand on your feet for a moment. Thank you for some good music. Hallelujah. I know I'm intense. You know, sometimes I'm tired and I'm weary and I stand there and I say, oh, God, how will I do it tonight? How will I do it? I've done it so many times. I'm on the road since last Thursday, flying home tomorrow. Friday morning, we're on another plane. Sunday afternoon, on another plane. I'm tired, Lord. When I go home, help me one more time. And then when I get into the pulpit, it comes Rock of Grace, and if you do not belong to Rock of Grace, please promise him tonight that he will find you where he expects you to be. Jesus didn't say it, but I think he must have been impacted when he found Mary. And I want to say, Lord, find me. Even if the others go home, find me where you need to find me. And I know that's what all of you say. Because that's why you're standing on your feet and you say, Lord, find me. Do what you need to do. You play the bass guitar. I cannot play bass guitar. So God don't expect me behind the bass guitar. But he expects you behind the bass guitar. Jordan Beale, pastor, he will find you behind the pulpit, the keyboards, the guitar. Come on. May God find you. You say, Pastor, I cannot do much. I'm not that gifted. That's fine. Just, just let your seat not be empty. Just be there. Tomorrow in the marketplace when we all go to our different directions, just be that voice when you need to be that voice. You say, I cannot preach. I know you cannot preach. But you can act like a believer when you need to act like a believer. And that's the way you leave a footprint. Come on. Hallelujah. Father, I pray tonight that every man and woman in this building standing would just... Um, that this word will just grab their hearts and that they will just say, Lord, help me to understand how, 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 how blessed I am to be saved. How blessed I am to know the Lord. Church, 
Naomi and I know somebody in South Africa, and we, we sometimes talk about this person, and we say it's almost like this person is, is, is blind. We, we cannot get through to him. Because when God breaks through to you, we will find you at the cross. We will find you at the tomb. The fact that you stand in a, a church building tonight where we preach the gospel, it's because you already soften up and you, you, you open your heart for you need. Do you know how blessed you are? That you are willing to listen to a gospel message on a Monday night. There's people out there that will never come to a church even on a Sunday. Forget about Monday night. Do you know how blessed you are that you are making footprints in a church building tonight? And when you leave, the Holy Spirit comes in and the Holy Spirit says, oh, yeah, I was here when they were here, but that's her footprint. Oh, that's her footprint. Oh, she always sits there. Some certain people sit at the same place. Do you know how blessed you are that you can honestly say, I did not go home tonight. Some of you worked the whole day. Some of you are tired and you still came. Do you know how proud Jesus is when he finds you standing there? He watches you. He sees you. He knows everything. There's nothing he misses. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, I want, you to, I want to hear you when you pray this. Say, Lord, help me to make footprints by the millions. Help me that my footprints will become testimonies of where they can find Jesus. Help me that those who follow me will know what I stand for, what I believe in. Say, Lord, help me to be where I need to be and not go home. Say, Lord, I will not go home on my passion. I will not go home on my faithfulness. I will not go home on my obedience. Father, I, I pray tonight that, that we will be the Mary Magdalene's that will go to the brothers and say, Jesus is resurrected from the dead. Jesus is not a dead corpse. Jesus is resurrected from the dead. The man who has delivered me from seven demons came out of the tomb. I spoke to him personally. And come on, Mary. Oh, come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Can I preach another minute? Just one minute. Remember, Jesus said, go and tell my brothers. Here comes a woman into the place where they were in hiding. And she says, hi, Peter. It's Mary speaking. She's got a woman's voice. Hey, John. Hey, Luke. I could see, they could probably see the glory of the Lord on her face. She probably said to them, I've seen the Lord. And that old Peter probably thought, why did I go home? Maybe John said, why did I go home? I could have been the one that 
will break the news, but I'm not the one that will break the news. Who is this woman that come and tell us he's resurrected? Who is this woman that will never write a chapter in the Bible? Oh, oh, it's the one who had seven demons. She's the one who broke the news. Be careful. It will be the outcast and the junk and those that are addicted and those that are whores and street women. It will be the dirt upon, it will be the worst of the worst of the worst people in America that could become the most passionate people in America that will declare Jesus. Because the pulpit has become so smart. Be careful. Be careful that it will not be those kind of people that will break the news of the greatest revival that America will ever see. Oh, church, hallelujah. May God help us. May God help us. Okay. Do you see the picture? She broke the news. Jesus is alive. Say it again. Lord, make me a Mary Magdalene. If you really mean this, just run to the altar and say, I cannot leave this building. I need this passion. You say, Pastor Andre, you are inviting us to get passion. Yes, the Holy Spirit just said to me, ask people that if they want God to lift the level of passion in their life, come on, America doesn't need many more Christians that is lukewarm. He needs Christians that has a Mary Magdalene passion. Come on, when you come to the altar, you say, I am registering tonight so that God will update my passion. Amen. Well, next time you read that chapter, John, 12, John 20, go and read it. When you go home tonight, tomorrow, read it again and read it slowly. And watch Mary Magdalene and say, Lord Jesus, I want to have that passion. I want to have that passion. Come a little bit closer. Come a little bit closer. There's many people that want to come in. I promise you will not keep you here the whole night. I know I make those promises and I break them. And Oh, God, forgive me. But church, I hope you get my passion. I, 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 I cannot just walk away from this. This is not a sermon. This is just a picture of a woman that impacted Jesus so much. Father, in these moments, and Lord... It's 17 minutes after 8. Lord, and we are here on a Monday night. We are not a church, a Sunday crowd. We are a Monday night crowd. Lord, maybe our passion is different. We are not better than the Sunday crowd. But Lord, tonight, will you just bring passion back into our lives? Church, I've, I've got pastors in ministry that started with me that lost their passion. I have good old friends in South Africa they have lost their passion. Naomi and I, we watch them sometimes. Facebook tells you everything. Be careful what you put on Facebook. Facebook will reveal to me your footprint. And when we, when we watch certain people, we just say, it's so sad. They are not the same anymore. 
they've changed. You cannot talk to them about it, they will be offended. But you know what? What blesses me is when I find somebody, like an old friend of mine, well, he's not an old friend of mine, but there's, there's some of them left, and I go to them. I haven't seen them for two years, and when I pick up with them immediately, I pick up on the passion first. Oh, George, I'm going to find a friend now, George Lehman. He's the head of the Bikers Church in South Africa. Oh, I know, I, I know already when I see him in Cape Town, the moment we meet, I will meet the passion first. Before I meet the man, I will meet the passion. Come on. I, I, that's powerful. I've just said something powerful now. I've just said something powerful now. Sometimes we focus so much on people's personalities that we, we miss the passion. Come on. D don't tell me I'm a charismatic speaker. Don't tell me I'm a great speaker. D don't tell me I have revelation insight. Don't tell me anything of how good I am. Before you meet me, I want my passion to bump into you. I want my passion to overwhelm you before I even start say hi are you getting what i'm saying come on church don't tell me the crucifixion was not passionate don't tell me that was not passionate that was passion don't tell me the resurrection was not passionate don't tell me the ascension is not passionate and don't tell me passion is not coming back because passion is coming back. Jesus is coming back. He's going to return. He's going to return. And let me say this. He's closer than what you think. Because the modern day church, do, we do not preach the rest. We don't preach the return anymore. We don't preach the return. He's coming back. He's coming back. Oh, why is he coming back? Because he's passionate about his bride. He's, he's a burning fire. He is fire. Fire is, oh, come on, he's passionate about his bride. Oh, come on, bride. Come on, bride. Yeah, come on, bride. Oh, Father, I'm going to do something simple tonight. I'm not going to lay my hands on you. I'm not going to prophesy to you, but I'm going to stretch my hands over you, and I'm just going to say, fill us with passion. Did you hear what I say? I said, us. Because I include myself. I include myself. I'm not better than you. I, I, want, I want this passion thing back in my own life. Lord, I pray that you will fill us with passion. You see, church, you see, church, if God fill you with passion, you will do more than what I even prophesy to you. If I prophesy to you, I'm not so sure you're going to do it. But if you, God can fill you with passion, you don't need a prophetic word because passion will make you do things what a prophetic word will maybe not make you do. If God fills you with passion, I will not be able to stop you. If God fills you with passion, I will not be able to get you away from the crucifixion. If God, if God fills you with passion, I will not be able to get you. Stop reading the scriptures about the resurrection. I will find you in John 20 and other scriptures all the time because passion will take you back where you belong. Oh, Father, I pray, fill rock of grace with passion. Because God, there's many churches, but not all churches have passion. I, I, I've never thought about it this way, but the Holy Ghost gave it to me towards the end. The Lord says, fill them with a passion that Mary Magdalene had. Sir, if you have the passion that Mary Magdalene had, people that are demonic will be set free. People that are demonic will be set free. Come on, we, we need the demons to show themselves again. I'm not chasing demons, but I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that are demonic in America, but they are safe in our churches. They are safe. And that's the last place where they should be safe.
This is not a safe haven for demons. This is a heaven of deliverance for those that are demonized. Come on, Peter the preacher, he was not there. It was the demonic people. Oh, man, may we not lose sight of the pain of the pavements and the streets of this area. Lord, I pray now in the name of Jesus that passion will get a grip on your heart, sir. Sir, if passion get a hold on you, I will have a hard time to get a hold of you. Because if a hundred people say to you, we're going home, you will say, you go home, I'm staying. Isn't that the truth? Man, do you know how many friends I have that has gone home? Not to Jesus in heaven. They've just gone home. In 1997, the Lord used me to pray for somebody. God healed them in Victory Christian Center, Coitsville, those days. About six, seven years ago, they found me again in one of the churches, and they came out, and I recognized them immediately. A great man of God, he's a pastor. He said, Andre, 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 brother Andre, it's so good to see you. And this is what he said, brother Andre. You have not changed since 1997. How is it possible that you still preach like that? And I went to my hotel room that night and I said, God, he thought I'm not the same anymore, but he found, can I tell you what? It's not because I'm good. Passion got a hold of me. I cannot change. Man, please, promise me you will not change. Promise me you will not change. Promise me you will keep this fire. Promise me when I come back, I will see you again. Promise me you will be strong. Man, promise me you will not give up, even when you have reason to give up. Promise me. Promise me I will find you in the garden. Promise me I will find you in the garden. Jesus, that's not me speaking now. That's Jesus. Jesus is saying, promise me I will find you in the garden. Promise me. Promise me I will find you in the garden. I'm disappointed in Peter, but promise me I will find you there. Jesus is now speaking. Man, promise me that you will be there. Jesus is speaking and he's saying to you, he say, it's so sad. I thought I will find John there, but promise you me that I will find you there. Do you hear what I'm saying now? It's now Jesus speaking because I'm not the one that was resurrected. He's the one that was resurrected. And he's saying, ma'am, 
I thought I would find Luke there. In fact, to be honest with you, I thought I would find John, the one that laid on my chest there. But I didn't find him there. But promise me, you, you will be there. Promise me you will carry weight. Promise me that when I look you in the eyes, I will hear the words, I will carry him away. Everybody say, I promise. God will find me faithful. In Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not a concert where somebody said something. No! <laughs> I say, let's give him praise. Where's the praise team? Can I get the whole praise team? I need two drummers now. I need three lead guitarists. I need something wild, Pastor Jordan. You're a man of passion. Promise you me you will never lose it. You impressed me. You have a hard head. You're a hard-headed young man. Oh, some people were even irritated with you. But God says, I had to make you this way. Because God says sometimes you will have a war, but you will not back off. And God says sometimes they want you to back off. And the more they want you to back off, the more you say, I will in the name of Jesus. I will not back off. And some of them already left, but God says for everyone that leave, I will give more that will come back. Because God says... Passion will make you walk through the fire. And passion will, ma will make you walk through resistance. And passion will make you walk through what other people will run away from. God says, son, some may think you are arrogant, but God says you will season up. And you will mature more and more as the days go by. Because, come on, son. Come on, son. You may have a Joseph dream, but your palace is a done deal. I will never allow you to go to a pit and party for sales and never allow you to get into the palace. And God says, son, I've given you a head that is hard like a stone. Because the Lord says you will break strongholds. And you will come against old men that will even try to take you on. And they will find out there's something about this young man that we completely misunderstood we completely underestimate him he is a difficult person to deal with and he knows the word and he has heard from the Lord and he has too much going for him God says son Stay the course. It's not really that you are hard-headed. It is just that God says, I've given you an eye to see what others miss. 
And when you see it, you say, God, how can they not see it? How can they not get it? Lord, how can they miss it? How is it that I see it and they don't see it? Are they blind, Lord? Huh. And they think they saw something and you saw nothing. God says, no. God says, some of them will come back and say, I'm sorry, Pastor Jordan. Time has gone by and I now realize that what you saw was actually the Lord. <laughs> Father, I thank you that finances will come to this place. And what people sometimes think, it's just wishful thinking on your behalf. They will find out it was never wishful thinking. It was Jesus' thoughts that you communicated and they missed it. I will strengthen you. I will empower you. And you will not go home on me. For you will be faithful. And you will leave a footprint. You will leave a footprint for many to follow. In Jesus' name, amen. Give me a word, Lord. Give me a word. Yes, I have just given you a word, says the Lord. Oh, God, use Andre to speak to me when he come this time. Yes, says the Lord. In the dying moments of this meetings, I have just spoken to you. You will be a Mary Magdalene in the body of a man. And you will leave a footprint in the right places. And you will carry the weight and you will please me to the utmost in Jesus' name. Amen. I think it's very appropriate that God gives him the word right at the end of the meetings that I'm involved in. Lift your hands. Put a smile on your face. Be, look joyful. Come on, you look so sad. How many of you feel the grip of the Holy Ghost on you? You feel it, ma'am? You feel it, the two of you. Yeah, you feel it. Amen. I want you to do so. Hey? You don't want to go home? Well, I want to go to my hotel room. I mean, that's an escape, you know. I know you don't want to go home. I understand you are one of those. You will never go home. Your passion is too intense. Amen. How many of you got the message? It's different. It's different, church. There's only one Mary Magdalene. I'd rather never write a book. And I'd rather never become popular. But help me, Lord, that my footprint will be at the cross and at the tomb. Because that counts more than writing First and Second Peter in the context of this word. Thank God for First Peter. Thank God for Second Peter. It's huge. But this is so powerful. Amen. May you never forget Mary Magdalene in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm done. I'm not going to prophesy. And I'm not going to listen to petty party stories. I just want you to get, take a hold of this word and say, Lord, Rock of Grace is a church that leaves footprints.
So we're going to play this. Is worship. Say this with me. We taught you this last week. All I want to is worship. Sing that together. All I want to is worship.
God is so good, isn't he? Can we, can we close this out with a shout? I'm just in the mood to shout. Because sometimes God reads your mail like you don't even know some of the stuff Andre was sharing right there. And I was like, oh, Lord. God is good. How many believe God is so good? Come on, raise your hands if you believe God is so good. Come on, raise your hands if you believe God is so good. If he's better than you deserve. Turn to somebody beside you and say, he is better than you deserve. Come on.
was not expecting that water. That was awesome. I should have been here for my, for my Jonah sermon. Uh, where's Ray? Ray? Ray was hit with a water balloon. It was Pastor Dave's first week. He's like, what did I get into? Hey, we are so glad you guys came out for this conference. We have one more night tomorrow night. Uh, God changed my message this morning, so watch out. I feel like the Lord said uh, we're going to preach a sermon called uh, What to Do with the Word from the Lord. What to do with the Word from the Lord. So I think it's going to inspire you, but it's also, I think, going to say, okay, what's the next step? We're going to get kind of practical and get nitty-gritty. It's going to be awesome. So high-five somebody and say, I hope you're ready. Here we go.